Well, last night was a great night down here at the vineyard. We're, uh, we're praying that for everyone that's part of the, the Vineyard family here would know Jesus in a new way. And um, that certainly happened last night for a number of folk that were here. And also this morning, um, I just want to take a little bit of time to share with you a simple message about what's the big deal about a little child. Um, because um, uh, so many of us uh, who are involved in the... Um, the Christian journey, we get to this time of year, and um, what's the big deal about a little baby? Right, well, for most folk, that's probably where they see Jesus. They still think Jesus is there, sitting in the manger. Every time of year, we approach Jesus as if it's just this little baby. Um, and um, in fact, Jesus has grown up. He's no longer the little baby. And... Um, we, Nicole said at the beginning of the service this morning, she used a quote from Isaiah, um, for unto us a child is born. Now you may, if you've hung around anything to do with Christian churches and celebrations and, and, um, and Christmas events, you, that, that, that was turned into a song by this guy up on the screen here. His name was William Chatterton Dix in 1837 to 1898. He was 20, when he was 29 years old, he wrote this famous hymn called For Unto Us a Child is Born. Now, it's interesting to note that when, when William wrote this, he was actually he was an insurance salesman. And at 29, he was having a crisis of life and faith. And he, he actually became very, very ill. And he was bedridden for, for a very long period of time. And while he was bedridden, he became de- severely depressed but then in that place of, and at the same time, he was like spiritually very, what you would call very far from God. But at that point, he, he decided he wanted to read the Bible. And so as he read the Bible and contemplated who the child Jesus was, he found himself regaining his physical, emotional, and mental well-being. And then he wrote this song. And then he wrote a whole heap of songs, actually, that flowed from this place of spiritual renewal. If you know the hymn, the, that's, that's the, um, the lyrics to that hymn. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping, whom angels greet with anthem, anthems sweet. I don't get any anthems in the morning. Do you get an anthem? <laughs> I get a barely a g'day dad. <laughs> but anyway, Jesus seems to get angels singing an anthem to him. Anyway, while shepherds watching their, uh, their keep, this is Christ, it's Christ the King who shepherds guard and angels sing, haste, haste to bring him Lord, the babe, the son of Mary. Why lies he in such mean estate where ox and ass are feeding? Good Christian fear for sinners here, the silent word is pleading. Nails, spear, Shall fear, sorry, nails, spear shall pierce him through. The cross be born for me, for you. Hail, hail, the Word made flesh, the Babe, the Son of Mary. That's not a very nice thing to be singing about, really, is it? At your anthem, <laughs> that actually you're going to end up on a cross. So bring him incense, gold and myrrh. Come, pleasant King, to own him. The King of Kings, salvation brings. Let loving hearts enthrone him. Raise, raise the song on high, the virgin sings her lullaby. Joy, joy, for Christ is born, 
the babe, the son of Mary. Now, while he wrote this, um, this hymn, it was a big deal, this little child, for William Dix. But the story of Jesus goes back well before he was even born. Back to a time when kings were at war, nations were doing deals with nations to try and have power over each other. In fact, there was civil wars brewing within the nation of God's own people. And there were people buying alliances and deals to try and secure their well-being. All of this was going on. It was a time when kings literally sold the treasuries of their kingdoms to buy the power of other nations to secure for themselves a future. And yet it was all in vain, all in vain. Now the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah, because by this time God's people were brewing into a civil breakdown, they had lost sight of trusting their God. And they chose instead to trust other spiritual powers. They consulted spiritual mediums. They consulted other gods. And they bought the most powerful kings and surrounding nations that they could. And they traded away their security in God for power. Now, what has any and all of this got to do with Jesus being born? Well, to try and help you understand this, this is the best way that I can understand it, is you've got to understand Star Wars, the series, okay? Now, in 1977, I remember going to the Hoyt Cinema in Sydney as a young fella, and I got to see Star Wars, the original movie, Star Wars 1. And then um, in 1980 came out Return of the Jedi. Oh, no, that's actually wrong. It's, sorry, The Empire Strikes Back. Here we go. Let me go to the next one. Is that, that makes it better. The Empire Strikes Back. And then, um, and then the third one came along, The Return of the Jedi. So these were the original three Star Wars movies. And so when we're talking about the birth of Jesus... We're talking about, about this time frame, the Star Wars series of these three movies. Now, a long time after these movies were, came out, the, the writers of these movies decided that other people needed the backstory so they could better understand this story. And so the backstory came in 1999, The Phantom Menace. You know, this was the, what they called the... Um, was it the prequel, the, the, the trilogy before the trilogy? So this is like, this is, this is the trilogy before the trilogy. So 99, The Phantom Menace came out. Uh, 2002, The Attack of the Clones. The, um, then in uh, 2005, The Revenge of the Sith. So those three movies, even though they came out after the original, were actually the pre-story so that you could help to understand the original. And so when I'm reading this, I'm going to read a scripture to you this morning out of a prophet of, called Isaiah. Isaiah is the backstory before the Jesus story. So Isaiah is like the, the prequel trilogy before the actual trilogy of the birth of Jesus. So there's this story before the story. 
that helps us to understand the Jesus event. Now, um, of course, um, there's a few more movies that have come out since. In 2015, The Force Awakens. And at the moment, um, there's like, this isn't even in the, the, the current trilogy going forward. This is like another side story that's going on. There's a new movie out called Rogue One, Star Wars Story. And then in 2017 and 2019, there'll be two more movies that come out in this current series of movies. But when we're talking about this scripture I'm going to read to you, it's a bit like the pre-story before the story. Okay, So it helps you to understand what was going on with the birth of Jesus. And the pre-story was that these, these kings had gone to war. And if you can see up on the screen now, I'm going to give you a little geography lesson. This is the nation of Israel. And all of the 12 tribes of Israel all had their own piece of land that God had given them and that they'd been granted and blessed and they experienced many seasons of um, prosperity and life and health and so on. And right up the top there, there's these two tribes. One's called Naphtali and the other's called Zebulon. And they're next to this little blue kind of dot there in the middle. That little blue dot there is called the Sea of Galilee. Okay, so they're, the, so they're two of the northernmost tribes of God's nations. Now, at this point in time, you can see down in the bottom section there, this section that's light green, there's a dark line that kind of runs from the coast right across over to uh, Reuben there in the pink. And that dark line is a separation because everything, the 10 tribes to the north had become separated from the tribes in the south. And now there was these two kings ruling. There was a king in the north over the ten tribes and a king in the south over the southern tribe. And the guy in the south, his name was Ahaz. He was an okay king, except he made a really dumb, dumb error. (laughs) And his dumb error was he was looking to the north and he could see to the north that the king of the northern kingdom was starting to build an alliance with a neighbor in Syria, which is just kind of, see, see the, up in the north there, Syria? That's modern day Syria today. Well, the northern king was building an alliance with Syria. And Syria, and when he got word of this, he had a bellyache to God and God said, don't worry, it's going to amount to nothing. Just leave it alone. But Ahaz couldn't leave it alone. He was so insecure and what he did was he went into his own treasuries, all of the gold and all of the the precious resources of the nation and he went and formed an alliance with another nation. Let me just pop it up here. Now, see that big purple section up in the top right there? That's called the Assyrian Empire. And so at the time that um, Ahaz started to talk to the guys up in Assyria, they were only about as big as that purple patch. But then Assyria stretched its boundaries at this time and took up all of that big green patch. And you can see the little brown section down over here? That's where Ahaz was. So what happened was Assyria, Ahaz spent all his money on buying an agreement with Assyria. And Assyria said, righto, we'll take out Syria and we'll take out the northern kingdom. So down they came. They crushed everyone in their path. And on their way, they get to the border there of the southern kingdom and they even think, well, blow Ahaz, let's just take him out as well. And they push on in hard and Ahaz's whole nation has to work really hard to hold off this invasion. And he manages to hold it off. But there's a story behind this because what happened 
in the very northern part of the kingdom, remember Naphtali and Zebulon? Well, all of those people got dispossessed of their land and they ended up being exiled. They had to leave their homes, they had to leave everything, and they ended up in Assyria. Now, if you've seen the footage that's on TV today of what's happened in the towns of places like Aleppo in Syria, this is that same place. And if you've seen the footage, it's completely devastating. These homes, families, dispossessed, smashed, everything is ruined. This is what happened when the Assyrian army came in and invaded the northern kingdom. And Naphtali and Zebulon, Isaiah described them as the shadow lands of death. They'd gone from this fruitful place of life under the generous rule of God to being the shadow lands of death, he called them. And it's here in this place that Isaiah makes this sort of prophetic announcement. And he says, right in the middle of the devastation of all of that, he says this, For unto us a child is born. So you've got to remember, this, these people have been devastated. Everything is gone. They have nothing to save themselves. They're living under the oppressive rule of another empire now. And it's into the context of that, that the hope of the words of God, of the heart of God, comes through Isaiah to his people. He says, For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on forever. And the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. So what on earth has Naphtali and Zebulon And a devastated nation got to do with Jesus being born in a manger in Bethlehem. And Bethlehem, if I could just go back one, is way down in the south, just under Jerusalem. Jesus was born there. So what has down there got to do with what's going on up there? Well, Ahaz, he he was king for a little while longer, and then eventually his whole kingdom under the, under the rule of others, was also swallowed up by another empire. So all of God's people were dispossessed. But it was into that dispossession, into that brokenness, that the heart of God spoke and said, I will bring one who will bring about salvation. And what happened was, you've got to hang on to this, because this is, this is why this little baby is such a big deal. This is why baby Jesus is actually a massive deal. Not just for this time back then, but for us as well. Get ready for this. Jesus was born. He grows to be a man. And at about 30 years of age, he treks up that, the way of the Galilee, which is basically along that river, all the way up to the, to the Sea of Galilee up the north. And he goes and he moves his life up there to that region called Naphtali and Zebulon. And if you flick across into the gospel account of Matthew's gospel, 
In Matthew's Gospel, it says this. Jesus returned to Galilee, leaving Nazareth, which was in the south, and he went and he lived in Capernaum in the north, which was by the lake in the area of Zebulon and Naphtali, to fulfill what was said through the prophet Isaiah. There's a bunch of typos in there. I was up early this morning. From that time on, Jesus made an announcement. It says it was in that land where everything had historically been robbed and devastated from the people of God and the earth. It was right there that Jesus first proclaimed these words. The kingdom of God is near. And then it says Jesus went throughout all of Galilee, that whole northern region, teaching in all their synagogues, preaching good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. You see, the Jesus event, the birth of Jesus, is a big deal because of the huge story that is the lead up to why Jesus came. And in the fulfillment of his actions, he then, it says, actually, if I go back to that map there, it actually says that people traveled from as far south as Simeon, right across into the, you know, the tribal lands, historical tribal lands of Reuben, and even into surrounding nations. All of these people, all of a sudden, started trekking to Galilee. They, they all of a sudden got wind of the fact that there was someone in Naphtali and Zebulon who was announcing, God is now here. And, and they brought their sick They brought their broken. They brought the the, the poorest of the poor. Jesus healed them. Jesus gave them life. And Jesus said to them, you can be a part of my kingdom too. So this Christmas, as you're considering the baby Jesus once again, and what he has to do with the world, I mean, if you've ever held on to a little bubba, there's you know, a beautiful little bubba over here at the moment, and I got to hold on to um, Ethan last weekend. He's just like a couple of weeks old. They're, they're so small, they're so fragile, they're so dependent. And yet this little child, this Jesus child, was the one that Isaiah said would be born, would be the son of God, and would be the one who carries the authority of God into the world. He would be the one that makes everything new. He would be the one that conquers spiritual darkness and all other powers. And he would come and initiate the reign of God to bring hope and new life to all people all over the world. And anyone that gets wind of the fact that Jesus is who he is, runs to him because he knows he was the one born king and he's bringing his kingdom for all people. John 1, the scripture read this morning, to those who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the rights to be called the children of God. The good news about Jesus, the big deal about this little baby, is that he has come to establish new life where there is brokenness, desperation and devastation in all people and establish the kindness, the favour, and the reign of God for people in those circumstances. And I'm not just talking about those that we think need pity. I'm talking about deep in the core of us all. 
this Christmas, I'm unsure of where you, in fact, may be at with your actual relationship with this little child who's actually a big deal, the one that was born to be a king. Even William Chatterton Dix, depressed, ill, spiritually empty, considered Jesus born a babe, came into spiritual renewal, and so can we all. Isaiah was right. He spoke the heart of God. There would come one who would bring the government of God into the world, just like it is in the heavens. And his name is Jesus. So this Christmas I'm praying that the little baby Jesus would actually be the big deal for all of us. And not just for us here in this room. He's the big deal for the leaders of our government. He's the big deal in our universities. He is the big deal. If only the world knew that that little child was the fulfillment of the heart of God for all people. Hey, let's pray and then we're going to um, close with a um, final carol. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks for today and the opportunity to celebrate the birth of Jesus. And we thank you that Jesus, you came as the one who fulfilled everything that was on the heart of God, that you brought the kingdom of God into the earth. And I thank you that that kingdom is alive and well today. And I thank you, Jesus, that you are still moving across all of the earth by the power of your spirit, touching those who have any form of devastation in their heart and circumstances, where you bring life and liberty and set the oppressed free. So, Lord, would you bless each one today with a fresh revelation that for unto us a child is born, for unto us a son is given. Jesus, we thank you for the backstory that led up to the real story of who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.